everyone, welcome to the Unleashing Brilliance podcast. I'm your host, Janine Garner, and I've pulled together some of the greatest minds from around the globe to help inspire you to release your own brilliance into the world. Whether we are talking to entrepreneurs, business owners, or just some all-around awesome people, I can guarantee these conversations will help you start thinking about how you can create more impact in the work that you a mix of incredible interviews and my own personal musings. Join me from wherever you are to begin the journey to unleashing your own brilliance into the world. Hello, hello there. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Unleashing Brilliance. I'm really excited at today's guest. I had the absolute joy of chatting with the incredible Beck Chappell. She is the founder and CEO of Plum Marketing Solutions. And her passion is all about uh, helping amplify brands, create clear strategies and magnify their messaging. But on top of that, she's passionate about helping build people from rock bottom with tales of our own experiences and learnings. And that's pretty much what we talked about during this podcast. I met Beck. uh, just before COVID actually kicked off. I think actually I met Beck at one of the last speaking gigs I did here in Australia uh, before we were all locked down with uh, with COVID. Um, so it would have been International Women's Day 2020. And I can still remember Beck at that event. Um, she was probably coming out of what she has actually titled her podcast of beautiful but not broken. Uh, We talk about her life up to that moment in time, uh, some of the decisions she made uh, both in that journey to that time and what she's made subsequently. I can honestly say over these last few years, getting to know more about Beck, understanding her brilliance and her expertise and watching her really step into her power, it's been an incredible uh, opportunity to just witness firsthand the gift that happens for people when they take this time to get curious about what it is that fires them up. And when you finally unleash that brilliance, how opportunity is created. As I said, uh, she runs her own business now. Prior to that, she's clocked up over 12 years of experience in marketing departments, growing her career as well as leading the pack of wherever she worked. And it was through that that she developed this obsession with brand integrity and growth, um, a fervent supporter of high-functioning CRM systems. And of course, uh, being very sort of natural and honest and energetic in the way that she delivers those strategies. Um, But what we share during this podcast interview isn't all the world of marketing and and everything that's involved that. Actually, what what we dig deep on is her journey to moving from broken and feeling Uh, really struggling, to be honest, with mental health issues, to actually rebuilding that confidence to step into this place of being so brilliantly beautiful that she is. She's built a business from scratch over these last few years, a highly successful business. And what we talk about during this conversation is really um, moving from that place of blame to learning Um, more about uh, the impact of your behaviors and how your behaviors have influenced 
and created to some extent the situations that you might find yourself in how you need to take ownership of those behaviors. And most importantly, um, the gift that happens when you are intentional about the choices that you're going to make in terms of your next. Someone said to me recently, it's like sometimes you just got to put a full stop and a here's my new story. And it is that new story that Beck has created. And it is this new story that we talk about during this episode. So please enjoy. I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Hello, hello, everyone. I am a little bit excited about where this conversation is going to go with my next guest, Beck Chapel. You know, there's not many times in life where you come across people and you go, oh my God, that was me. I can remember that experience. I can remember that that feeling. And when you see yourself in someone else, and as a result of that, you end up working together and, you know, this friendship blossoms. Um, well, that's pretty much this next guest of mine, Beck Chapel. We've only known each other for what is it, Beck? Probably like twelve months. Yeah, no, I think it's eighteen. I think we're up to eighteen. <laughs> eighteen, and I can still remember the moment I met you. I can still remember exactly what you were wearing, and I can still remember exactly what you said. And all I can say is, it's like chalk and cheese the person that you are now <laughs> to who you were then. So, uh, thank you for being brave enough to join me on today's show with absolutely no idea what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here too, because I absolutely love everything that you've done for my life so far. Like you have just been, I always say like I had a huge pivotal life change and and you were one of the people that entered my life at the exact right time. So that's very nice of you to say. (laughs) Um, But I think that that's why I wanted you on the show, because this show is all about trying to uncover uh, what it is that my guests have that, or the point that they've got to where, as opposed to feeling that, that like they're striving and proving all their time, suddenly they're in flow and this un- they've unleashed their brilliance and they start finding, finding that zone of work that they should be doing. And that's what I've experienced watching your journey over the last 18 months. So before we get there, um, let's, let's let our guests get to know a little bit about you. I'm going to do some quick fire questions um, and then I really want to find out a little bit of your backstory. So um, tell everyone where you're from. I'm from Sydney, Australia, born and bred and have not left. Sydney, <laughs> Australia, born and bred, unlike the rest of us that come here and never leave. <laughs> I can see why. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, it's the most gorgeous place in the absolute planet, I reckon. <laughs> Are you a coffee or a tea drinker? Coffee, 100%. Favourite coffee? I am currently having a double shot black, but I would have double shot cappuccino if I like go out, but at home I just have it black because I'm maybe a bit crazy. Or is that just because you can't be bothered to get the milk for the fridge? I, yeah, I don't buy milk because I think I'm slightly lactose intolerant. There you go. See, we always get to know our guests up front. Now, I know you read a lot, listen a lot. You're a massive, avid learner. Is there a a book or a, a TED talk or something that you can pinpoint that changed your life that you you remember? For me, uh, my favorite book. I've actually got it behind me on the bookshelf here. The Prophet Carhill Gibran is is a book that just I read in my early twenties, and I keep going back to it. Do you have something similar? Yeah, I think there was there's three books to be honest, 
And I read um, The Surrender Experiment by Michael A. Singer. Yep. And that, as a control freak, that changed my life. Um, And I read it at the exact right time in my life too, right? Like I think books come to us at the right time. Then the second one was probably Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. Yeah. Um, which, oh my God, that is groundbreaking. And actually, Janine, I'm going to throw your book in there. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think reading your book at the time I read it as well, it had a huge impact on my life. Um, that was probably the one that helped with my confidence the most. The other two helped me with understanding what life is all about really. And, and breaking down my own stuff, I guess. And then your book kind of said, Hey, you're really good. <laughs> like, yeah. and this is why, like, you know, believe in yourself. And I was like, okay, cool. These are three books that, and I read them all consecutively actually. And it was a, it was a lot. And then actually, can I throw one more in? Yeah, go for it. Uh, Humankind. Oh, I love that. That's my yeah. favorite. But I can't yeah, think of the author. Mind you. Uh, Rutger Brakeman. There we go. I knew, okay. I knew you loved that book too, because we've had that conversation, but that is a really good read as well. It is. It is. Yeah. Wow. Love it. Now let's let's go back. So um so right now you're a business owner, you run your own marketing agency. Um, but looking back to when you were a kid, um, how do you think the environment you grew up with or your community has shaped who you are today? Wow, that's a big question. Yeah. Um so my dad was a business owner and he, he would always call himself an Aussie battler. But so my dad was actually from, uh, he grew up in London and he moved out to Australia with nothing but the clothes on his back. And like, I think he said like 15 pounds, right? Like he probably exaggerated, let's be honest, but he came cross country. So he actually lived in Afghanistan. He lived in India. Like he got arrested wow. in Afghanistan. So that's, I've been never told us why. <laughs> Uh, but pretty scary, right? So I think my dad coming here and settling here and literally building his business from nothing, um, it instilled in me this drive to want to work. And the other thing that my dad really said to us, he said, I will never pay for anything for you guys except education. Mm-hmm. Like my dad <laughs> was probably one of like, he was a huge, uh, can I say tight ass? He was a huge tight ass. <laughs> and he would every single month, circle the electricity bill and say divide by five and leave it on our bets so that we would understand the cost of living, the cost of money, like the, the understand it really taught us to save money, respect money. Um, and also work hard. Like he, he really did say that. And then he really taught us to be educated. And I mean, I was the black sheep of my family. (laughs) I, didn't study as hard as my brother and sister. I remember in the HSC, which is our like year 12, our end of schooling, I was out at concerts every weekend instead of studying. And I'm surprised my parents let me do that actually. Um, And partying. So I was this black sheep, but I was always quite, I'll admit I was pretty naturally gifted. I didn't have to study except for in maths. I was shocking at maths. And yeah, I was always quite naturally gifted and kind of, you know, talk my way through school as well which was something I noticed I did well um and I think that sort of I had always had this quite free spirit compared to probably like my brother and sister who were very good you know they they followed mum and dad's rules and I think that allowed me to I was always more risk averse than them or risk risk taking like I'd always be more likely to take risks than my brother or sister or anyone in my family but I think that 
probably also came from my dad as well because he was, you know, quite, he didn't really like comfort zones. Um, yeah, so I think that sort of all built my want to kind of explore what it was that I liked doing. And we were always encouraged to do that too. Like there was no, you have to go to uni or you have to go to do anything. But I did go to TAFE. Mm. I actually never went to uni. Um, and I quickly realized that my dream of being the next big concert host in Australia, <laughs> big day out was one of my faves, but, uh, I was not going to do that because events management was not the career for me. So, you know, I, I felt a little bit lost there after I finished school and finished the TAFE. And then I found myself in a reception role and fell into a marketing position and, you know, grew, grew life from there. And, you know, kept kept striving and growing and, and um, seeking out more education as I was working. And I think that worked really well for me. And then, yeah, here we are. And here you are. Mm. So so looking at that sort of quite linear uh, backstory that you gave there, that many of us know life isn't linear. There's lots of ups and downs and going round and rounds as we go through life. Looking back, what do you think was one of the key watershed moments for you that set you on the path? Um, what are some? What are some of those, or one of those key watershed moments where something happened that then set you off on a different path? So I had a lot of things actually happen to me when I was younger. I, I had a friend who was literally a sister pass away when I was thirteen, and that really set off in motion for me a really bad bout of depression, but I didn't see it as depression because back then we didn't talk about mental health. It wasn't a thing. And I sort of became a very different person through that process, through losing her. And I realized life, we, we never know what's going to happen in life. And subconsciously now I realize I was actually, you know, I was holding a lot of sadness for the rest up until literally a year ago from that. And then I was hit with another bout of life happens when I was 21 and my dad passed away. Mm. And that for me was, I avoided it so badly. I was 21, my dad got sick and within seven, so it was seven weeks between his diagnosis and his death. And I had been in a job that like, I thought I'd loved, you know, all of that stuff. And very quickly after my dad passed away, I was like, I want more. I want more from life. But at the same time, I was avoiding life and I was, you know, once again going out partying and, and you know, just going on this spiral of I'm, I'm fine. And I went through this whole, my whole life had kind of been built on this. I'm fine. I'm cool. I've got this covered. And it gave me this confidence to go after things I think that other people probably would not have done at such a young age because they would, you know, they didn't have that, I guess, not everyone had that life experience of life happens and I have a big belief that we can plan all we want, but nothing's going to plan <laughs> and that's okay. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't have goals and ambitions and we shouldn't strive towards things, but we should never be so stuck to a plan that we feel disappointed when life happens. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why in my life, if I want something, I'm super spontaneous about it. And I, I also like, I'm unapologetic about it. And a lot of people see that as or a lot of people in my life have kind of not understand like or understood how I am that way. But I think it is from the loss of people so young in my life that was so, you know, they meant so much to me and they were so close to me 
that it really set me up to be one of these people that does just always kind of go after what I want and speak my mind <laughs> quite openly as well because I I think I learned I wouldn't speak my mind about my feelings though because <laughs> for years I avoided that and that led to some pretty chronic anxiety in my 20s which also changed my course of my life again. You talked there about confidence and then we were talking off air about almost two ends of uh, of things, blind versus wise. And I'm curious, looking back now, Beck, was it blind confidence or was it wise confidence? Blind and it was ego-driven. Yeah. So I have had this, and it was funny because I was actually talking to to a mutual friend last night, Janine, about, uh, about this in my personality. I would have life kind of beat me down or like seem to beat me down. It'd be like, send me a challenge because I thrive under pressure. So when, when life is saying, Beck, you, when other people might look at life as being like, slow down, stop, you can't do this. I would be like, I will do it. And I will rub it in everyone's face that I've done it because I would, you know, this ego would kick in. It would be like, I'm okay. I can do well. And it was purely blind ambition because it didn't always mean I was doing the right things. Mm. It just meant I was moving forward. It didn't mean I was moving forward in the right direction all of the time. But, you know, I knew I always had this like this, I will not be beaten down. I will not be affected by this. I will, you know, grow and develop. And that was kind of, I guess, what I was like up until honestly two years ago. So let's talk about the the two years ago because you've mentioned a few things there around, um, you know, you knew that you wanted more because of experiencing how life can be taken away at such a young age, being unapologetic about what you want to go after and this uh, blind confidence that actually enabled you to move forward so in in hindsight looking back at the time yeah there might have been some horrendous negative spirals going on but actually they were the very things that have got you to where you are and you've mentioned a few times this two years ago so so what happened what was the turning point two years ago for you I had a few things happen all in in a, a row so in 2019 I was hit with depression really hard Uh, And it came unexpectedly and it didn't just come mentally, it came physically too. Like I had a lot of physical symptoms with it, you know, and things I couldn't explain happening to my health and which is what mental health does to us. You know, it's going to show up in one way or another, whether you notice it or not. And having, having suffered anxiety really chronically through my career in my mid twenties, I knew the signs to look out for with the the anxiety depression and I thought I can't do this again so I sought help of this really great psychologist it was the first time I actually saw a psychologist that really gelled with me I'd you know I'd gone to many in the past and this one in particular was like what are you doing with your life pretty much (laughs) and I was like oh no I'm doing good like you know I've got all this good stuff going and she's like she kind of really unpacked what had happened in my past and what had happened with the anxiety and what was happening currently that I was quite blind to. And so I really started working on myself and started feeling pretty uncomfortable in 2019. And, you know, even in my job, I thought I was doing really, really well. I thought I was being treated well. I thought all that stuff was happening. And then I got, I start because I started unpacking all this stuff, I think 
life starts giving you opportunities that had to happen for you. So a door opened and I got literally three jobs come at me and I decided to take one of them. I'd been in the same role for four years before that. And I took this job role and I was promised the world. And then 2020 hits. We all know what happened in 2020. Mm. (laughs) The January, my now ex-husband, who I'd been with for 10 years, like we weren't married for the 10 years, but we'd been together as a couple for 10 years, came out and said, I don't really want to be with you anymore. And I was like, oh, Mm. that was, and that was the first thing that I was like, because I'd always been very comfortable with him and comfortable is a really important word (laughs) in this story. And then two months, within two months later, I had lost my job, uh, not like COVID had hit, but was it the case of COVID? No, it was because I had taken a job, promise, been promised the world. And actually when I got there, I didn't have any of the team I was told I would have. And I, I always joke that I was the highest paid admin assistant in the whole of Australia <laughs> because they didn't want marketing. And when I sat down and I'd explained to them all of the things I could do, they were like, yes. And then you get in there and you start trying to implement change and they're like, no, no, we don't want that. We actually don't. And, you know, very quickly I found myself fired, which I'd never had before in my life. As I said, I'd always been headhunted. I'd always, always come out of roles, you know, so well respected. And and I'm still friends with pretty much all of my ex-employees and, you know, everyone had always sort of loved me. So having this having my confidence rocked by my marriage falling apart, losing my job, and then also dealing with a sick father-in-law. So potentially facing the death of a second dad or someone that I'd seen as a dad, my entire world was rocked. And I, you know, I remember my depression was pretty bad at that point because I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Like everything I know is falling around, you know, falling down around me. Like I literally, I'm losing the foundation of my life. And one day I was sitting on the couch and I was like, I had to start my own business, which everyone was like, are you insane? We're literally going into a lockdown next week. I'm like, nah, like this is it. This is it. And I, it was weird. I had this overwhelming sense that I was on the right path for the first time in a really long time. Hmm. And I had hope. And I think that's something that had been lacking from my life for a long time was actually hope. Hmm. How does that make you feel talking about that, that realisation? Yeah, amazing. Like I think so, so many times in life, and I, I talk about this a lot, like just because we, we've ticked boxes because society has told us that we need marriage, kids, the perfect house, the Range Rover. I wanted the Range Rover. I still want the Range Rover. <laughs> but, you know, like just because we ticked all these boxes doesn't mean that we're happy. And I think especially for me growing up the way that I grew up, you know, I, I had always been growing up with these traditional values of what a woman should do and rightly or wrongly, like there's no judgment there because that's how my parents had been brought up. They didn't know any different and they didn't know that my path would be different. Mm. And the interesting thing for me was I felt so much shame in having a marriage fall apart because that you know, the way that I've been brought up, it was traditionally do not get a divorce. Like you don't do that. You save that marriage, even if you are miserable. And I think for the first time in my life, I gave myself permission to explore what life could like bring for me outside of this box ticking and outside of this, this is what you should be doing. So 
interesting that moment in time you know if you look back before then the um the deaths in the family the depression um partying hard not studying uh jobs that didn't really give you the bars marriage breakdown losing jobs and then this moment in time where suddenly you found hope again suddenly you had a dream again suddenly you were able to get back on that path of unleashing the brilliance and the reason that you're on this planet yeah so are you inspired to step up to take massive action in your own business Maybe you're feeling like the world's best-kept secret and a little bit invisible right now. Or maybe you're frustrated at your lack of progress and want to win more at work and succeed more in life. Maybe it's about being ready to welcome more sales and more profit finally into your business. If you're interested in finding out more about my work, check me out on all the usual social platform suspects or email me at support at janinegarner.com.au and let's set up a time to chat about how I can help you. Yeah, so, and I think about, I think about you've also got a podcast called Beautiful Not Broken. It's, it's all connected. It's all really connected. Why did you start that podcast, Beck? Beck? Because I, I was telling my story to a lot of people. They were like, you started your business from what? <laughs> And for me, I didn't ever think that it was that extraordinary. I was like, yeah, well, what else was I going to do? I had no income and, you know, like like there was no jobs going. So what else would I have done? What would you have done? Everyone's like, well, I wouldn't have started my own business. And I was like, oh. And I think everyone's reaction to that, I realized I, have a, I, I felt like I finally had a gift that I could give back. And it was I'd been through so much grief in my life wrongly to be honest, like I'd experienced grief in horrendous ways that I'd avoided it completely. And I think that that we are given these moments in life to really reflect on ourselves. Like, you know, it doesn't mean that it doesn't make what we go through any easier, but there is lessons to be learned in all of the pain that we go through. And I think trying to share that message and trying to share the hope that on the other side of the shitstorm that you go through, there is this awakening if you look for it. Like, and I think, you know, we get so caught up in what life wants us to do when we're grieving. Like, it's like, okay, yeah, here are the five steps and like, this is what you're going to feel. And it's like, you could feel those things in a second. Like I was, there was days where I remember I was showing up to meetings in my new business, like my shiny new business. And I had been bawling my eyes out, literally, five seconds before I got on a call and I was like, oh, hey, like and totally had to switch to this. But it didn't mean that this time, this was the first time in my life that I'd experienced grief and loss and I experienced it head on. I said to myself, I will feel every emotion that comes my way and I'm excited to feel it because I know the pain from avoiding the reality of what we're going through and I know the pain of saying I'm fine because I did that when my dad died, when, when Von died and it resulted in years of, you know, anxiety that I, I remember I would be sitting in board meetings. Like I was in quite a high, like I was a marketing exec at this company, but I was on the project teams for pretty much every project. And I remember sitting in meetings, my head spinning, 
just wanting to like run out and go to the toilet because my body's in fight or flight mm. and I have to show up as this professional marketer and I would, I would never, ever let myself not be professional to the point where that afternoon I would get a migraine, lose all my vision because my poor body was like, can we please just cope with what is going on? And I was still like, no, no, it's a food allergy (laughs) for years. Instead of just being like, this is a mental health problem and you need to deal with the mental health side of your life. Mm. Um, And I knew that in 2020 I'd be damned if I went down that path again and I was going to feel and learn the part that I had played in my marriage breakdown, the, the part that I'd played in taking a bad job. And I was going to learn all of the decision decisions I'd made that had led me to that place rather than just going life shit, <laughs> you know, and kind of playing that blame game and also the victim mode, right? I was, I was sick of my own behavior that had gotten me to these places as well. So do you believe that to improve, to step forward, to grow, you've actually got to start looking at yourself first. 100%. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's really hard. Mm. It's really hard when you're going through a divorce or a job loss not to just point the finger at the other person and be like, you didn't love me enough. You didn't try you know, or like say to the job, it's your fault because you didn't hire properly. It's really easy to blame someone else for the situation we're in. But the truth is, I think in that blaming, we, we miss the lesson about how we can grow as people. And I learned so much from both of those things. And I learned this blind confidence, this blind ambition that I'd had. I wasn't happy. Mm. You know, I, I, and how could someone be happy with me in a relationship when I wasn't happy with myself? Mm. You know, like I think, and that was a big realisation, how could I be happy in a role when I didn't actually know what my strengths were? Mm. (laughs) I didn't know what I brought to the table. So what have you learned about yourself? What what are you bringing to the table now? Because I have witnessed firsthand these last 18 months of you stepping into your brilliance, of you stepping into your spotlight. I love what you said there, how, you know, you were unapologetic about what you wanted to go after, but there's this subtle lens change of it moving from that blind ambition or that blind confidence now into a space of clarity is what I see. What what have you learned about yourself now? What are you awesome at? I think a huge thing I've learned is that life, I, I put a lot of weight on how we showed up physically before because I that was all I had to go off. And I think a big shift for me has actually been how I show up spiritually and how I show up as Beck and who is Beck. And I think a big lesson has been learning, like I can do everything and I like, you know, you can do anything you want to do in life, but it doesn't mean you should. And I think you taught me that really early on. And it was like, every single time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else that actually could be right for you. So I think this lesson of, I could make anything work, but it doesn't mean I should. And I think this lesson in 
you're worthy as yourself. You are worthy as the person you are. And it's not about impressing other people. It's not about making other people see your worth or, you know, telling, like, you know, telling other people or trying to constantly convince other people that you're good enough. It's actually about find out what's important to you, find out what you're good at. And then there's never a question about whether you're good, good enough because you're not trying to be someone that you're not. You're actually showing up authentically as you. And I had to learn, I had never done what my values were. I didn't even know what my values were. I didn't know what my strengths were. I'd never done any of that basic, like literally like the, the skin layer personal development. I'd never even done that. So it was when I started understanding that and then also who I want to be remembered as, you know, and, and I think a big thing for me is now, and I said it yesterday to someone, I was like, I want everyone to think of me as fun. Like I want, when people think of Beck, I want them to be like, she's fun. Like that was a big thing for me. And it was like, I'm, that's how I want to show up in this world. And it, you know, actually, yeah, figuring out who you want to show up as and being okay with it and and really who am I rather than who does everyone else want me to be. Mm. And is that work easy or hard? Really hard. Mm. And why <laughs> why is it hard? Why do you think people find it hard? Why did you find it hard? Well, because there's a lot of parts of yourself that aren't great. Mm. And that's okay too, by the way. Like, you know, I think I had to learn a lot of things about my personality. I'm like, oh, oh dear, I did do that. And I think it's okay and it, it, finding out where our, our blinkers are on as well. Like, you know, what are our blind spots? What are the things that we're actually like, we all think we're empathetic. Like, you know, every human's like, oh, I'm empathetic. Or I remember the best one was when Janine, oh, I'll never forget this. When we were talking about the three different um, like responses, like control, ego, or was it, it's, is it emotional empathy? In terms of what, the hungers? Yeah, the hungers. Power, power, intimacy, and ego. Yeah, right. And I said to you, I'm intimacy. And you're like, you're control. I was like, <laughs> no, because I'm walking around thinking, I'm so empathetic. I'm this lovely human. I'm so kind. And then you're like, so how come you took complete control of your divorce? And I was like, oh, right, that. Like, mm. And it was really learning that about myself was actually powerful, but it was – it made me actually realize, yeah, I'm still a nice human. I'm not a nice human, but intimacy is not my driver and that's okay. Like I thought I was walking around this beautifully empathetic, like such a good soul. And it's like, I had to learn actually, no, I'm quite very controlling. And I know that now and I'm like, yeah, cool. All right. Blind spot. That's my thing, you know? And that's why I can get really offended with when I'm in a room with other controlling people or, you know, like egotistical people drive me up the wall or, you know, and it's actually about figuring out those blind spots that once you learn that, it actually helps you interact with others better as well, rather than just, you know, having these blind, like blinkers on about who you're showing up as. Yeah, it's fascinating. I do, I do think that doing the work on ourselves, it sounds easy, but it's hard. And yet when you start doing it, it unlocks the opportunity for more because that self-awareness piece, um, which I talk about in Be Brilliant, as the first key thing to achieving whatever it is that you want is you've got to understand what's and all, the good, the bad, and the ugly of why you are who you are and essentially fall in love with yourself again because you can't be who you're not. Um, you can laugh at yourself you can not like parts of yourself, but if you can 
love who you are and therefore bring that to every single conversation, every single negotiation, every single meeting, every single connection, then you're not faking it till you make it at all. You're just bringing you, which enables opportunity to create. And essentially that's how we met because we met at an event and um, I was speaking and you were in the audience and we chatted and it was it was like that serendipity moment of just these two minds coming together and going, oh, I wonder where this is going to go. That's that's pretty much how we met. Yeah, which yeah. Is, which is cool. So so now you're running a growth business. So in two years, you've uh, started, built, grown a marketing agency, working with some phenomenal brands. Um, helping them develop their strategies for growth, um, educating marketing teams to become better internally. Um, and essentially what you've now done is you're you're both taking that into the business world and getting some great results for it. And at the same time, you're also educating through your podcast to help other people understand that they're not broken, that they are actually beautiful. What keeps you going? Beck, what keeps you going with your work? I think when when people turn to me and they're like, wow, that was so impactful. I always, I, one of the things I le- learned actually the weekend when we met um, was my want on this planet was to have an impact on people for the good, to make people feel inspired to do what they want to do from, you know, like we all have times when we're, in imposter syndrome or we question where we're at in life or we you know we're, we're dealing with depression or anxiety or you know the death of someone that we love or the loss of a relationship we've all got these things that we go through in life and they're hard you know and i think it's this belief that from the hard stuff you know we can build absolutely beautiful lives and i think as much as I, I like to inspire people personally, like, you know, I always, I had I said, someone asked me yesterday, do you share all your exercise stuff as an ego thing or, and I said, no, actually I share it because I want to inspire others to better themselves or challenge themselves or do whatever. But that's me personally. But then professionally, I get up every Monday loving my job because I get to sit down with some pretty kick-ass business owners because you attract what you, you attract what you put out so i find now i just attract the most awesome people into my world like i cannot tell you since doing this work on myself and unleashing brilliance that i attract brilliant people back mm. and they sit in front of me and they're like beck you you have helped me you have helped me see my vision or you you know and even even the like corporates and businesses that I work with, the people in them are so similar to me. And I find it crazy. Like you can't, um, you can't explain what it's like until you're there attracting the people into your world with the energy that you put out. And to have someone sit across a room from you and say, I love your energy, or, you know, you walk away from a meeting and they're like, thank you so much. You know, I love your energy. I love that you've, you've inspired me to do more. You've made me believe in my dream again. These are the things that, you know, I might just be teaching marketing. I might just be helping with marketing strategy, but it's so much more than that. You're helping these people live the dream that they've created in the businesses where they want to have impact. And I think that's pretty damn special. Beck Chapel, that is just an awesome way to end 
this conversation. We could talk for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. There is no doubt about <laughs> it. I uh, just love your storytelling. Highly recommend that if anyone wants to uh, hear more from Beck, jump onto her podcast, Beautiful Not Broken. Um, but also from a business point of view, a woman in business point of view, a business owner point of view, some of those key messages about, um, you know, you are worthy as yourself. Be brave enough to do the work to unlock the hope and the dreams that are absolutely inside of you to be lived. Um, that piece around the work that we have to do to find our blind spots and being unapologetic about what it is that you want to go after. And I reckon that there's an absolute shift from that blind confidence now into a place of wise confidence for you because you are so, so clear on what it is that you do and who it is that you serve. Beck, just final question for you. If, uh, as you said, there's there's been lots of sadness and grief in your life uh, at an early age, if I were able to be some amazing fairy godmother and send a message to wherever it is and we could get your dad and your friend on this podcast right now and they were listening in, what would you say to them? I would thank them because they've had such an impact in my life. Like they may have, they may not be here, they may not have been here for a long time, but they, they've had a lasting impact on my life um, and helped shape who I am today. And I'm so grateful because they've always believed in me, especially my, my girlfriend that passed. Like she, you know, she thought the world of me. Um, yeah, you'll make me cry if I continue. <laughs> But yeah, it's, I think that would be the thing, and and I know I do know that they they'd be really proud of who I am today. I'm just so glad that you did the work, and I cannot wait to see the work that is going to come your way as a result of the impact that you're already making. Um, so I feel so honoured that to be part of your orbit and to be able to watch this journey. Beck, where can people find you? What's the best way that people can reach out if they wanted to find you? Yeah, so probably probably where I spend most of my time is LinkedIn and Instagram. So on LinkedIn, I'm Rebecca Chapel, which is very formal. Um, I should change that to Beck Chapel, but it's Rebecca. Um, and Chapel is double P-E-L-L. And then uh, on Instagram, I'm at Beck underscore Chapel. And that's probably the two best places to find me. Awesome. I'll make sure to include that in the show notes. Beck Chapel, thank you so much. It's been an absolute joy to chat with you today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Unleashing Brilliance. I hope you have new ideas on how to step into your own brilliance after listening to that. For those of you who don't know, my own brilliance is helping businesswomen embrace their brilliance to achieve greater profits, align with their purpose and create greater impact through their business. I've helped thousands of businesswomen leverage their networks, build rock solid business plans and break through the glass ceiling to become seven-figure business owners and beyond. If you're looking to take your business to the next level and have been feeling stuck or are frustrated that it's been taking forever, then shoot me a message today as I'd love to help you. You can email me directly at support at janinegarner.com.au or find me on any of my social media platforms listed in the show notes below. Until next time, 
Have an absolutely fabulous day.